Good evening and welcome to another edition of Gateway to Baseball Heaven. I'm your host, Daniel Shopta at C70. With me as always, David Jones, iPop editor. And we're doing a Monday show because really kind of for both of us, this weekend was a little bit uh, a little bit chaotic. It is that kind of time of year where things just kind of pile up. Um, but David, you survived your weekend so far. I have survived my Christmas decorating we're here to talk about the exciting world of the 40-man roster. Well, let's just tell people exactly what happened. We were at the GM meetings and both got terrible diarrhea with everyone else. And so that's why we had to delay the podcast. I mean, I was trying Maybe. to, you know, keep some plausible deniability in there, <laughs> but that's just gone. Um, no, we, we both actually, us. no. As far as I know, neither one of us did. I, I'm not going to ask you specifically on air or off air if you did, but um, I, I was not we, in Arizona. Let's put it that way. You know, so uh, uh, yeah, I, I think we both did have busier weekends though than major league baseball. Cause not much has happened at all over the last couple of weeks, which we kind of expected. Yeah. Uh, but at least, Hey, at least we're busy in our lives with different things. Uh, nice Christmas lights that you've got going on there. And, so, yeah, <laughs> we're actually doing real life things while baseball kind of moves at a snail's pace, not okay, a snail's both. pace, a snail's pace. <laughs> both of our sons uh, hit uh, birthdays this weekend. So um, mine was a little less intensive than yours, but we did have things to do. So but we didn't want to just completely see it because there are like I said, it's not nothing has actually happened big yet, but there are those little bits and pieces and we're getting into that, you know, Thanksgiving time where we may want to be taking some time off. So let's let's talk about how the Cardinals have treated their forty man so far, um, because you know we talked about it. I wrote about it. it, it we thought there would be a lot of this turnover, and they've done some. They've cleaned out a little bit, but then they immediately filled that forty man roster back up. Right? We talked about Bubba Kennedy, Buddy Kennedy. Why did I say Bubba? That's an interesting one. Buddy Kennedy. <laughs> um, I was like, yeah, I expected Bobby, but Bubba, eh, who knows? Anyway, Buddy Kennedy uh, a, a couple weeks or so ago. But then the Cardinals then um, trade cash, it sounds like. Not a person named cash, but cash considerations. To the um, Mariners for Riley O'Brien. Um, and then pick up Jacob Young from the Cubs off of waivers. And suddenly, until tonight, that 40-man roster is full again. Um, I don't. I just didn't expect them to start picking up bits and pieces like that, but I guess they feel like these guys are going to serve a purpose. Maybe so. And, you know, when I see this happen, I always think, well, they're not going to keep these guys on the 40-man roster. Like, there's no way. But it seems like the Cardinals always feel like it needs to be full. Like, they can't go longer than a couple of weeks without keeping that at 40 guys. And these guys actually seem to hang around for a bit <laughs> what for better or for worse. That seems to be what happened. So I was a little surprised too. I thought we might see some open spots there. Um, now I will say the Riley O'Brien trade, looking at the guy's numbers last year, mm -hmm. I thought, okay, this makes a whole lot of sense. This actually could be a guy who contributes to the team next year out of the bullpen. This, this guy has a chance to be effective. I get it. The other moves. Uh, okay. Uh, all right. I, I Young maybe maybe can be the right or the left-handed Luke and Baker or some role like that, but they just didn't seem like moves that I, I guess they don't move the needle at all 
and you don't expect moves at this point of the year to move the needle. But um, yeah, uh, it's kind of like, oh, okay, what are we doing here? Um, doesn't hurt the team, doesn't necessarily help the team. I don't know what's going on. Yeah, I mean, we should be cognizant of the fact that it was about this time last year when they signed Taylor Motter. And we know that no matter what you do, Taylor Motter wasn't going anywhere. Um, so these guys do have a way of, of making an impact at some points in time. And the, and it's, you know, it's worth rolling the dice on, you know, Jacob Young, who had quite a bit of power at AAA, you know, um, the Riley O'Brien trade, you're right. That does, there seems out of all these little moves that they've made, O'Brien seems to be the one that has a much the best chance of being in St. Louis opening day next year. Yeah. I believe you were the one that tipped me off to him going to driveline after the 2022 season and his, his numbers just completely flipped. The guy's strikeout rate just went soaring. The ERA plummeted. And so he looks like a guy. He looks like somebody that can really help this team out of the bullpen. Now there's a big jump from AAA to major league baseball, but this may be somebody that we see in the bullpen next year, and it may not just be a guy that comes up because somebody's injured. This is a guy that might actually go north with the team coming out of spring training. I, I know I'm jumping really far ahead, but we don't have a lot of things right now going on. Uh, but this is something this guy's very encouraging. Uh, you'd like to see the control be a little bit better, but strikeout rate looks great. He's figured something out. Looks like maybe he's developed some new pitches. Um, and one thing where this kind of connects to the bigger picture is this guy is going to be cheap. And so if the Cardinals happen to find a very cheap bullpen arm, a guy that can actually be in their bullpen next year, that's a few more dollars that can actually go to the starting rotation. Yeah, which is uh, always a consideration for sure. I mean, if anything that doesn't get spent one place can get spent another place. Um, I, yeah, I think O'Brien is kind of, kind of intriguing. And it is that idea of, I think it's the, one of the first tangible um, signs of the Cardinals have changed their fist pitching philosophy to the strikeouts versus contact type of players. I mean, you know, I don't think they're necessarily going to just go jump overboard in that situation, but it is somebody that has some significant K rates and, and uh, you know, put away ability um, that we don't, I mean, not that that, you know, they do have some of that in the, in the bullpen anyway, but anytime you add to that, uh, it's just great. And so I'm, yeah, I'm very interested to see if that, you know, he was an all-star at, um, in the PCL this year. Uh, you know, that being said, he's a little bit old for the league. He's not, you know, he's not like some 22 year old young guy or something like that, but uh, he's still, he may be beyond hopefully the big signings that are coming. He may be the most intriguing person that the Cardinals pick up this winter. Mm, let's hope not. But well, like I said, outside of the big signings. Right. So. Yeah. Um, but, you know, even yeah. and I guess I when I big signings, that just depends, you know, is a third starter, a big signing um, and, and probably is for this team. Um, mm -hmm. But, yeah, you're you know, from that perspective, true. If you're if you're going beyond the starting pitching, you might be right, because I don't think they're going to be adding to the team many other places. Uh, so it could happen. And, and, you know, Jared Young may open the door for them to make a trade. Uh, when I heard they traded for him, I kind of thought it was a nothing deal, but you start digging into the guy's numbers. I mean, he hit 310 last year in AAA, 21 home runs, on-base percentage was over 400. 
Um, maybe he's one of those guys that allows them to trade Juan Yepes or like I mentioned earlier, Baker or something like that. And um, maybe they shed some salary somewhere because of this. I don't think he's a guy that makes the major league team right away. Uh, but, you know, he may have some potential. He's 27 years old, so you don't expect too much growth still to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, as for O'Brien, I think this guy, he's intriguing. I'm, I'm curious to see him pitch in spring training, see how he does. You know, you sometimes look at things and go, okay, there's a reason that a team let him go for nothing, right? right. Like, is their right. roster really that stacked that they didn't have a place for him? But maybe that's the case. And maybe a change of scenery, he'll do even better. Um, we've seen the Cardinals lose some guys because they didn't have a spot on the 40 man and they flourished elsewhere. We had to hear about that all during the playoffs. Thank you very much, <laughs> Fox. Uh, so, yeah, I- I'm hopeful that this is a guy that we look back on, you know, come June and go, wow, that was an absolute steal. This guy has been dominant or this guy's just been even if he's been good. I think we would take that at this point. Yeah. Yeah, and the Cardinals see enough in him to jump the line and to make a trade and right before he's, you know, out for everybody to, to kind of pick up as a free agent. So, you know, we'll we'll see if if they're right on that. Uh, I think it's going to be kind of intriguing to see. So the Cardinals did move it up to 40. Uh, but then tonight, they cut it down to 39 in a little bit of an interesting way, right? I mean, a week or so, two weeks ago, they put everybody that was on the 60-day onto the active roster, which included Wilking Rodriguez. But then tonight they released him. Uh, apparently they offered him back to the Yankees, as you're supposed to do with these Rule 5 guys. The Yankees said, no, thanks, we don't need him. Uh, so the Cardinals were able to outride him. Uh, apparently they're talking about trying to get him back, uh, you know, to be able to play at Memphis and not be on the 40-man roster. But it's a little bit interesting to see the Cardinals, you know, one week thinks that he's going to stick around and then another week say, no, I think we'll, we'll cut it, cut it somewhere else. I don't know that that means if there's something behind the scenes that's going on, that there's a player they thought that was going to be able to be gone. That's not now. Um, or if it's just, you know, it was just easier to do it this way. Yeah. And, you know, I was thinking tonight, he's a guy that I think we've talked a lot about and other people have talked a lot about for a guy that's never pitched for the Cardinals. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, mm-hmm we were talking about him in spring training about him making the roster and how that was going to look and, and how he looked in spring and things like that. And then it never happened. And then he kept getting hurt and kept getting hurt, never threw a pitch. And which is weird. It's like, here we are a year later and we're still talking about his whole rule five status and he's yet to throw a ball at Bush stadium. So, you know, I, I can go either way on this. If he, if he wants to come back and it's a very, very small deal or minor league deal, Okay, sure. But if he goes elsewhere, okay, best to him. Um, This is one of those things that you just wonder, will this guy ever truly be healthy? And maybe he will next year. I don't know. Um, But one of those, I kind of, I'm watching it to see how it plays out, but I'm more interested in this because of other players more than I am on actually Rodriguez. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, Rodriguez is 33 years old, which makes for an impact as well um it is interesting and and we've talked rule five right rule five protection has to be tomorrow they have to figure this out by tomorrow right now they have one spot which could be a Klofenstein you have a reverse you have Bedell you have Pajes you have a number of guys that in in theory could be protected whether they need to be or not is is probably 
in the mind of the beholder, but are you, are you expecting them to protect more than one person? Do you think they're going to have a couple more people released or do you think they would have done that when they did this? You know, I, I just don't know. I, the, the people that would need to be protected, I really cannot see them staying with a major league club the entire season next year. I, I just don't think these guys are ready for the majors and I would be shocked if a Kloffenstein or a Robursa or someone like that actually, I, I mean, I wouldn't be shocked if someone actually did select them. I would just be shocked if they could stay with a team for the entire season. And so maybe they do protect one of these guys. It, it probably makes sense if you have the space. I just don't, this is one of those years I just don't think it's necessary. I, I know there have been times in the past where you wonder, can they sneak this guy through? Can they avoid this? Um I don't I just don't see it being an issue right now because the guys that would get picked up are guys that are not eligible yet. Do you see it happening? Do you think it's necessary? You know, I I've seen Jeff Jones put out on Twitter and his indication that he doesn't think so. I know Kyle has talked about it on unusual a, a few weeks ago. Well, he didn't necessarily think anybody needed to be protected. Very similar to what you were saying there that there's just not a rule. I do think it it might be surprising not to protect Kloffenstein and reverse just because that's, you just traded for them. And if somebody did decide to take a gamble on those guys, you're cutting into your trade um, return very quickly. And both of those guys, I think have an, have a solid chance of making a major league debut next year, whether it's in the bullpen or, or as a spot start or whatever. So you may be adding them to the 40 man anyway. Um, and you've got so many people that you can release off that 40 man without mm -hmm. really breaking a sweat. So, you know, I, when I was doing my work earlier in the year, I, I said that I thought those two and Bedell might get predicted just because I think, I mean, I don't know a lot about Bedell, but he seems like he's a strikeout guy. And, you know, he's a guy that, that kind of feels like the kind of guy that could get buried in the back of a bullpen on a Pittsburgh team, you know, that, that they can just, you know, shove him back there and let him run out the team and, and hope that they hope that in a couple of years, he'll be quality, uh, a quality talent. So I don't know. I don't figure they'll do that. I do think it would be interesting if they only protected like one of those trade guys that they got back. Um, and that, that would be a little bit weird, I think, but you know, again, it's a little bit of, as you said, a gamble on, you know, not do I need this player, but does anybody else, need him bad enough to keep him on the, on the 40, on the active roster all year long. Yeah. And you know, somebody like Bedell, who I do think does have lots of potential, um, that might be a little bit scary, but I, I think what did he end the season in high a ball? Um, I think so, so. so you're really, you're taking a huge chance. I mean, that's a major lottery ticket if you grab him and the, I don't know the way that teams are today with roster construction and with starters not going as long as they used to. I don't think you can just hide a guy on your roster for, for a whole season like that. Um, now maybe a guy's ready to make the jump could happen, but I just, I don't know it, to me. I, I think they're safe doing nothing. Um, but like, you're right. You know, I look at the 40 man and I'm like, there's a lot of guys on here who probably don't have a chance of playing for the Cardinals every day or even part-time. Why are they even around anymore? Um, those are guys I, th I think could be released that would make more sense to release those and protect some of the guys. But 
overall, I, I think they're okay. Um, I think I would be a little disappointed if I saw one of those guys I traded for uh, get picked up, but I also would not be shocked and I'd probably be expecting it to see those guys returned or at least offered back to the Cardinals before the season's over. And to be fair, the Cardinals would receive a hundred thousand dollars. If any of their players are picked, um, then they have the option. As you noticed, if they don't, if they don't stick on the other team, they can be offered back for 50,000. So, you know, they can make a little bit of money. They might need it for, you know, one hundred thousandth of Yamamoto or something like that. But <laughs> um, so anyway, uh, it, it will be, you know, it will be interesting to see if they decide to do anything more. They they very well may not. I, it kind of feels like if they're doing this with Rodriguez tonight, what's to stop them from letting a uh, Moises Gomez go or something like that? Unless they're working on some sort of, you know, some sort of minor trade where they get to uh, trade them off but that seems unlikely so they very well may go into this with only one spot uh, that they'll use to protect somebody and and that'll that'll be a different way of going about it um and maybe a little bit more of a of a gamble than the cardinals normally have taken yeah and you know it is a slow off season right now when this is what we're talking about but um it could be a difference maker at some point um, with the team. Uh, but this is uh, this is what's going on right now. Uh, it's not a lot, but, uh, you know, it, it do, do you let me ask you this, because I think this is what will uh, make waves a little bit more. Do you see the Cardinals selecting anybody in the rule five draft? No, I don't think so. I, I mean, even now. <sighs> You know, I definitely didn't because I thought they had Rodriguez and that would be, you know, you definitely don't want two of those guys. But even now, the, I I can't imagine. Um, I think they've got enough guys, that you know, enough things that they want to do. Now, if there's a, you know, is there a, a Riley O'Brien type pitcher that could be out there as a free agent? I guess maybe they would, but I think that, I don't think they would be really excited about that lack of um, flexibility, especially in a year where they may have to make some significant moves um, during the year uh, just to make sure that they don't fall apart like they did last year. So I would be surprised. But what about you? I, yeah, I don't see it. Um, it would, it would have to be one of those things like taking a lottery ticket and then, Potentially, because you just got a roster full of guys that you know you're not going to you're not going to hold on to. Um, probably one of those things, kind of like they're doing now, just trying to fill the forty man roster with mm-hmm. things. But at that point, I, I just don't see it happening. Uh, I I, th- I think there're going to be some new faces coming in, hopefully around that time. Um, yeah, we'll have to see. I, I think the only way that happens is maybe if you start seeing the Cardinals making trades where they are letting go of multiple guys off the 40 man. Maybe, you know, like you trade three guys and get one back and it just happens to open up enough spots. But even then, I know you want to keep some of those spots open for some of your guys that are coming up or for potential signings. And so I don't anticipate it. Uh, I think there would have to be a lot of movement to happen for it to happen, but I just don't see it happening this year. Yeah, I I think you're right. um, It's interesting. I mean, I don't, I don't know how often the rule five draft really gets used, you know, across baseball, you know, I mean, there's a handful of guys taken each year, but you know, 
honestly, I think sometimes it, it hurts more than it helps. I know that the, the Padres took a couple of guys from the Cardinals over the last couple of years, or probably about five, seven, ten years ago now. Uh, one with Alan Cordoba stands out that, you know, he played the whole year in the major leagues and then the next year they were able to send him down, but never really amounted to much. And part of that is that, you know, there's a development that you lose uh, on these guys to be sitting at the major league level when they could be playing every day at double A or, or whatever that actually might help their skills. So um, I, I think there's a, that's something to factor in too, right? If you get a guy that's real close to the majors, Sure. I mean, that's maybe you take that risk because he's probably ready to contribute. But, you know, a guy like, uh, you know, a say Ting Hens was available, which he's not. But, you know, somebody like that, you know, I don't know that you want to take him anyway, because even though he's huge talent, you may stifle that talent by sitting him in the major leagues for a year. Yeah, definitely. So speaking of young talent, uh, the Cardinals, uh, not the Cardinals, the MLB tonight uh, released the uh, rookies of the year voting, and uh, not surprising on either one of the selections that that was was selected. But I think it was maybe just a little bit surprising to me that Jordan Walker didn't get a vote by anybody. You know, it feels like that was one of the things. he would, didn't expect him to be top three or anything like that. But I thought maybe he'd get a vote here or there. Um, he didn't, uh, granted with the rookie of the year, you only vote for three. There was a pretty good class, but were you a little bit surprised that, you know, just somebody didn't throw him a third place vote? Yeah. I thought he might show up on there somewhere. Um, you know, I really think if you put his numbers next to Ellie De La Cruz, Jordan Walker actually has the better numbers. Uh, he's mm-hmm. just not as flashy of a player right now, or didn't get the national media attention that Walker did or that Cruz did. And so I, I think he probably deserves to be above him. I may sound like a homer, uh, but I really do think his numbers stack up. So, I, yeah, I think down towards the low, the bottom of that list, I, w- I was kind of expecting to see maybe Walker get at least one vote. Um, we didn't expect him to really finish top three. But, yeah, I, I was a little surprised on that. Yeah, I mean, you know, even I noticed, I think I saw Fredrickson voted on it uh, from St. Louis. Maybe another one did, did too. I, did, I just That's the name I saw. And, you know, a lot of times – you know, the hometown writer will do something like that where, they, you know, they vote for a guy on the third base spot just to, you know, give some recognition. and uh, Not the way that Fredersen approached it this year, which is fine. Um, it is it is interesting, though. And, and, you know, again, you know, you look in five years where, where these players are, and that's, that's what matters because there's been a lot of Hall of Famers that didn't win Rookie of the Year. Um, but, I, I, again, you know, and I think that, well, I think if it wasn't for his defense overshadowing a lot of things, he probably would have, right? Because I think the offensive numbers were there, especially when you look at the second half. But I think that narrative of he couldn't catch a fly ball if it hit him in the head um, kind of overshadowed a little bit, especially, again, with such a strong rookie class. Yeah, I, I'm with you on that. I think the defense probably did play a role. Even so, like... I mean, Patrick Bailey, I think, got a second-place vote and a third-place vote. Walker should have been above him. I I don't want to take anything away from him, but his offensive numbers weren't that good this year. 
And so I would have put Walker above him, or at least whoever's voting, I think they should have put him above him. Now you want to say like Perez from the Marlins, um, Spencer steer of the reds. Yeah. I totally get that being above Walker, uh, both offense and defense, uh, for somebody like steer, it makes sense to me, but I do think Walker probably got downgraded based on his, uh, his play early in the season. And, you know, some of these riders, they, especially, you know, I don't want to name anybody, but um, <laughs> some of these riders, they uh, they don't necessarily watch a lot of baseball other than their hometown team. And right. they may see guys when they come through every once in a while, or they may not see them at all because of the way the schedule is, or they see them for three games or something like that. And so you wonder how many of these guys just went to baseball reference and looked at Jordan Walker's war for the year and went, ah, okay, we're not going to give him votes for that. You know, his war was way too low this season, which was defensive base and early season defensive base. Mm-hmm. But I do wonder if just something like that, if, if guys rather than digging deep into it or seeing guys with their own eyes, if they just kind of look at the numbers like that and go, eh, okay, we're not giving him a vote. Good possibility. Good, good possibility. Or, or again, you know, the first two pretty clear and you know, somebody else is voting for the home, the home guy, then it's going to happen. So yeah. Um, again, not a, not a huge deal. And hopefully next year that, you know, Mason win wins it and we don't have to worry about it. But I know that, you know, if we were talking this time last year when we said Jordan Walker plays almost the entire year in the major league level, uh, we would not have expected this result at all. Yeah, very true. Um, I, you know, and I I think some people may look at this, hopefully not, but some people may look at this and go, well, the guy's going to be a bust or this guy should have been better. Mm -hmm. Well, look at his age. I I mean, look at, look at how young he is, even compared to everybody else on that list. Jordan Walker's going to be fine. And five years from now, we may look at this and go, he was the best player out of all that rookie class. Or we say Mm -hmm. maybe he's top three out of that rookie class. So from a long-term standpoint, I am not worried about this one bit. He is still very young. He's still very talented. He's still growing. He's still learning. Um, I was encouraged to hear he's spending the offseason in Jupiter, and he's working on his defensive skills. Um, this guy is just – he's going to be great, and great things are to come. Next year is going to be better. But, I, I mean, we're still probably, what, four or five years away from maybe his peak, if not mm-hmm. longer. Yeah. So, yeah, this year – I think this is kind of just him getting warmed up and getting used to things, but uh, good days are ahead. Yeah, I, I think so. You know, you read those articles every once in a while where they redo a draft, you know, with what you know now. Um, Jordan Walker's not going to finish, you know, 18th or whatever he, oh, whatever no, no, no. he did in that draft uh, whenever they do that in a few years. Um, kind of re- running to the end of the show, and we haven't even really talked about, you know, free agent rumors part because there's not anything out there. I mean, there's some, we're getting some stuff, we're hearing this and that, but it is so hard to really get an idea of, is this something tangible? You know, if, if Derek Gould's reporting it, he's not going to write it if he doesn't have some sort of reporting and heavens knows Derek Gould is not going to give you an opinion on anything um, that he doesn't have like five sources for. Um, so, which is good, but also limits what you hear. Um, he's got some stuff out there with, you know, Toronto's interested in, I think it was Toronto was interested in Dylan Carlson. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there's that Alec Manoa for Dylan Carlson idea that seems to be floating around. I'm not really sure where it comes from. Um, you know, we've, we've heard the Cardinals might be one of the teams on NOLA. 
which is not a surprise because the Cardinals have pretty much said they're going to be on these guys. Um, how, how are you dealing with all the stuff that you are or are not hearing over the last little bit? I'm taking everything with a grain of salt at this point because, you know, there are reporters who are paid to report and there are essentially speculators who are paid to speculate. You mentioned Derek Gould. And yes, if he writes a name in his column, pay very close attention to that because he is not pulling that out of thin air. Uh, there is something to it. it. If he says the Cardinals are interested in somebody, the Cardinals are legitimately interested in somebody. If he talks about somebody's name, possibly in a trade, it means that name has probably come up. And so for him to talk about guys like Nola or even Yamamoto, Sonny Gray, Jordan Montgomery, Dylan Cease. Yeah, those are guys the Cardinals are interested in, whether it's via trade or free agency. And so if Gould says it, I think you can put your money to it. Maybe not that it's going to happen, but at least that the Cardinals are looking at those avenues. Now, somebody like John Heyman, uh, you know, John Heyman has connected the Cardinals to everybody that's out there. We heard Rodriguez. We heard Stroman this week. Uh, I don't even know where he's getting this stuff from, uh, but I have a couple ideas. But um, yeah, some of those guys, Morosi today mentioned Cardinals and Braves seem to be the most active for NOLA. You know, I don't think that's anything surprising. That's out there. We've heard the Braves connected to Sonny Gray. It's funny. People said that uh, the Braves are a perfect fit for Sonny Gray because he's from Smyrna, Tennessee, which is really close to Atlanta. Now, from where I am sitting right now in my room, I can <laughs> see Smyrna, Tennessee. I, that is the next town over. I can see it. We are not like a hop, skip, and a jump from Atlanta. It is three and a half hours. So it's not like it's next door. But, you know, they make it sound like you could just go down the street and you're home. Um, so, you know, you hear all these things. The Braves may be interested in Otani. Uh, so come on, uh, you know, every team's linked to everybody, or at least the teams that actually have money to spend. I'm not giving anything much credence right now. Um, once December comes around and the winter meetings start coming, then I'll start paying a little more attention. Uh, but until then, you know, I'll pay attention to Derek Gould. I'll pay attention when Ken Rosenthal starts reporting something or Katie Wu. But a lot of these guys just putting stuff on Twitter. Yeah, the Cardinals are interested in everybody. We know that. That doesn't mean anything's close. It doesn't mean anything's happening. Um, it, I guess it's fun to talk about and fun to look at and maybe fun to hope for. But at this point, it just seems like everybody's interested in everybody. And, you know, if you listen to the guys on Twitter, everybody's going to be a Chicago Cub or New York Yankee come next season. Yeah, which is usually how the hot stove works until uh, till people sign. Uh, so we will see how that works out. And, you know, again, seems unlikely we're going to see a whole lot between now and, you know, maybe two weeks from now, uh, given the holiday that's coming up. But I guess you never know. So if there is something, David, I'll find a time to, to do a show. If not, enjoy your Thanksgiving. Uh, and for David, I'm Daniel. Good night. Is there any point where that... Well, I think right now I can tell you that we're going to trade people. I just don't know if it's going to be like household names or, or more of guys that just aren't likely going to be here next year.